welcome to this version of the Modern Times Podcast. John Guzan here with my regular partner, Karen. How are you today, Karen? Well, thank you, John, and I, and I hope you are too. I am, and we have a special guest today, uh, t- uh, Tom Johnson, um, who, with his uh, sometime partner Dave Fantle, who had been contributing to us uh, for several years now, I think, is going to be joining us. He's on the line now. How are you, Tom? Very good, John. Thanks very much. Um, and if, for those who don't know and haven't seen the stories, um, Tom's been an entertainment journalist for 30 years or more. We'll probably cut, you know, make sure maybe we should add 20 years to keep your, your age down there, Tom. And uh, you co-authored a 2004 book, Real to Real, 25 Years of Celebrity Profiles, from vaudeville to, mo- to movies to TV with Mr. Fancel. You're also a former senior editor for Netflix. Um, you guys also wrote uh, newspaper columns for quite a long time, right, Tom? Yeah, we've, we've really dabbled, John, in just tons of stuff over about almost 40 years now, going on uh, 40 years of doing entertainment stuff. And, uh, you know, magazines, custom publications, websites, People Magazine, I used to write for them a little bit, uh-huh. Freelance Forum, and, you know, just uh, just about every... Every paying venue you can imagine, uh, going back four sure. years, we uh, we tried to do stuff for. And your 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 knowledge of Hollywood is is so impressive that um, when you go to a, an event like the Turner Classic Movies Festival that you did uh, last week, uh, last weekend, I, you know, o- over the end of the week, over the weekend. Um, it's it's really something that we wanted to grab onto because again, your your knowledge depth is so great. Um, you know, what was your first impressions of, of, of this year's festival overall? And, you know, was it, did it compare to last year, the year before? Um, anything like that? Yeah, no, good question. I've, uh, this is my third year of covering it for uh, ModernTimesMagazine.com, and it's just been a pleasure to do it. It, it, it. You know, the great thing about TCM, like the uh, the network and the, the old movies that it shows, is that it attracts a fan base that just love, love, love old movies. And yeah. they're, they're really the, about the nicest kind of people you want to meet. You sure. know, they're very outgoing, they're very accessible, and uh, they're, they're all drawn together just by a love of movies. And they come from all over the place. I've met people from uh, overseas and certainly from almost every state in America. They, they make a, you know, they, in fact, this last, uh, <laughs> this, uh, at the uh, Singing in the Rain uh, film, uh-huh. uh, tribute to Debbie Reynolds, I met a, um, uh, a professor from Madison, Wisconsin, that was playing hooky on school <laughs> because he wanted to come out and, uh, <laughs> you know, see the festival, which was just great. And that's the kind of devotion you you see. And um, to, to your point, to specifically to your question, John, yeah, I mean, it was it was good this year. Uh, they, they, the festival tends to be getting because uh, you know we discussed this a few minutes ago. The um, the festival is is kind of drawing from a, a dwindling pool of of vintage talent. You know, a lot of these people that they get are kind of up in age, and uh, Mel Brooks, he's 90, and they got him. And, uh, you know, but there just aren't as many of those old vintage stars uh, that are available either to travel or that are even with us anymore. So, you know, they're making do. They're trying to get good people. um, But it's it's a little, uh, you know, it's it's a little tough to do vis-a-vis when they started about eight years ago. There were just more people that were around. But um, but it's a it's a fun festival and. You know, if you're ever out in Hollywood in April, I uh, suggest trying to get to it if you can. Yeah, and, you know, mentioning that kind of topic, um, 
do you feel like there is that uh, transition happening um, where classic is now going to be redefined is not so much the golden era of Hollywood. Um, you know, you see even on Turner classic movies and in other places, I mean, even Ben Mankiewicz take, you know, sort of taking over from Robert Osborne, yeah, um, you know, right. and it's just the, you know, the changing of the guard. Do you see a lot of the attendees? Are they, are they also trending younger? Does it stay in kind of a sweet spot or, or you know, how do you kind of target yeah. that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good question. And that's something that I've discussed with my colleague, Dave Fannell, uh, you know, inevitably they have to trend younger because right. the, uh, you know, the, uh, even the viewership is getting older and, and they won't be around. And, and a lot of the films that they're, you know, that they're showing aren't going to be, you know, plausible for a lot of these younger viewers. They're not going to care about Wizard of Oz or, you know, sure. certainly the silent screen stuff of Harold Lloyd and Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. That's right. it's not as big a deal. And if they want to keep keep their brand going and keep going, you know, and keep drawing younger viewers and they have to skew younger, which they did like last year, they had Dustin Hoffman come in. I uh -huh. think he was, uh, you know, he was, he gave a spiel about, uh, I think it might've been Tootsie. Right. And I mean, so they're, they're trying to do that, which is, and, and you know, the sixties and fifties and even seventies films are going to be vintage in 20, 30 years. So right. if they, if they want to continue on and on, inevitably movies that we don't consider vintage now will become vintage and and will attract those you know audiences that are maybe in their 20s or 30s now so yeah but right now you know there still are a lot of you know kind of older people that are coming and uh, i mean it does get the demographic is is sort of variable there's some younger people but not really too many young young people they're just uh unless they're just total film geeks right right you know yeah. they they you know those, those, those people break every kind of barrier they come you know if they totally. want to see singing in the rain american in paris or you know street scene they're going to come it doesn't matter so you know but you know we'll see what happens Hey, Karen, I know that you're waiting to get a question in. I could tell. Well, I, no, it's fascinating what he's saying. And, I, 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 and it sounds to me, of course, he was there and I wasn't. But he definitely is spot on, I think, with, you know, who lives, watches TCM and you know, sort of how the audience and it, it's trending. One question I had, and, and, and I, I, you know, I, I thought, for example, I thought it was interesting that they had, you know, the, the, Brooks, one of the directors. So I think a lot of young people who are into film, they do know something about him, obviously, because he was involved with The Simpsons. You know, one of the great iconic, not only, you know, cartoon features of all time, but modern comedy, really. Right. Um, in terms of the, the influence it's had over nearly, now, you know, 30 plus years. Right, uh, and you'll date back to the Tracy Allman show. So, right. excuse me. And even Mary Tyler Moore, he was the original creator of uh, the co-creator uh, right. with Alan Burns of uh, of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So you're absolutely right about that. He does cut across that demographic. Absolutely. And, and do, you, do you, I mean, what do you think in, say, 10 years, if you had to guess, and I know this is a very open-ended question, sure. do you think they're going to be talking about Tom Cruise revivals or, or uh, <laughs> Julia Roberts or, you know, <laughs> actors who become became big in the 80s, but... Yeah, I, I think to a, I mean, you know, Roberts and both of them are still popular at the box office. Although I, I hate to say, it for the you know, given her, you know, where she is now in her career, I think Roberts will start to see less of, yeah. in terms of being one of the premier female, uh, you know, stars. Yeah, nothing against her, but right. Uh, and then frankly, I think she's 
done a poor job at some of the projects he's chosen. Okay, okay. No, no more piling anyway. on America's sweetheart. No, I'm just kidding. That, I don't need to. She's a terrific actress, and I understand her appeal. But anyway, do we? I mean, do we see actors like that, or Nicole Kidman being, you know, the subject of a tribute, uh, or? Um, Maybe more, uh, Matthew McConaughey. So yeah, maybe more Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. You know, as opposed. I mean, I think there has to be a sort of a fermentation process with some of these stars. God knows, I hope Tom Cruise isn't showing up in five years. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think he's very. He's highly overrated. Streep, of course, would make perfect sense. She is the premier actress, uh, not really an actor, really in the world. I think, if, if right. not just the United States. So yeah, and she's one of the. She's uh, you know, and, and Hollywood is extremely ageist. Uh, it always yes, has. It is. And it, so, and it's, it's especially tough on women, uh, Absolutely. People, on actresses. And she is one of these people that is, has, you know, by sheer dint of talent, has been able to kind of like break that barrier and be in starring roles throughout her career. But like what you say about Julia Roberts is true. I mean, she's, you know, they reach this sort of nadir, a lot of these uh, actresses, which is sad. <laughs> and, and they just, you know, they they don't get the roles, or they they you know they're seen as sort of over the hill, or really not the uh, not the ingenue, or not the the sexy lead, or the woman next door. So they they kind of enter this nether world of like you know where where they don't really fit in, and then maybe they start to get character parts later on, which uh, you know I'm sure uh, Julia might be able to get if she wants it down, if she wants to go down that road. But right. but yeah, speaking to the point about you know, who the next uh, generation of TCM honorees might be, you know, it's, you know, you just, just look at the films that are coming out or that have come out in the last 20 years and then add 20 more years to that, and that's probably who will be, you know, uh, attending the film festivals or giving, uh, you know, giving, um, you know, little monologues before the films or at the club TCM, that's where the, the one-hour-long discourses usually are held. Those are the ones that are really fun to go to. So that's a Lee Grant and uh, Peter Bogdanovich did those that this year, which yeah. were really yeah. fun. You know, so, but, you yeah. know but, uh, the same thing can be said, though. Uh, I, so I guess what I'm getting at here, and let me try to rephrase this question, is um, we see that there will be that trend and obviously that expanding because as, as time passes and as Hollywood turns, you end up getting you know, more films that come out and obviously some of them are classic and some of them are going to be considered that way in the future. Um, right. but there, you, you don't really see though, um, or do you a, a, a kind of mass migration away from, you know, the film noir or everything else that still makes classic movies. That's just going to get bigger. Do you think, or it, will there be some sort of, um, you know, long-term kind of removal from even the silent area, uh, the silent era to, yeah. you know, thirties and forties or, yeah. No, no, I'm asking, you know, will it, will it just grow or will there be kind of a loss um, of, of, of attention on those earlier films? Well, I mean, when you look at, uh, look at TCM's programming, they have, uh, you know, just to give you a hint, and that's an, another really good question. I, I don't really know, since I'm not, you know, employed by the, the network, I really don't know what they're, they're planning. But what you can see is, you know, even silent films, they usually have, like, uh, silent nights. Uh, they used to have a thing called Silent Nights on Monday right. night, and it would be really late. And you'd see a lot of these great old silent movies with, you know, Fatty Arbuckle uh -huh. and Mr. Keaton or whatever. But that was confined pretty much 
to one late night or, you know, maybe other nights, but really late. That's not in the prime time block of programming. They would never do that. And, right. and a lot of these vintage, vintage classic, like black and white movies, noir movies, like you say, or even movies from the 30s or 40s, I don't know. I think a lot of them might be, you know, kind of relegated to some sort of a weird shelf or, mm-hmm. or you know, B plan as far as the programming goes. And, yeah. and they will they will kind of, you know, cede their place to some of the, you know, the, you know, like The Graduate, you know, yeah. which was uh, aired this uh, at this festival mm-hmm. or, the, you know, films that are a little more contemporary, mm-hmm. the, you know, to the audiences that they want to reach. So right. I, I think that's you know, I think that's inevitable that that kind of stuff will happen. The stuff that is really the the meat of of the programming block now will probably get you know give up their positions or you know to you know some of these sixties and you know Scorsese films sure. or, or John Landis movies right. or you know whatever. I mean, they'll they'll you know John Milius movies. They'll they'll yeah. they'll kind of you know penetrate their way into this and that will become the norm i would think sure. you know, they won't always they won't just go away on mass or they'll, you'll never see them again right. but i think that you know vintage will be redefined probably and and there'll yeah. be more movies and i see that with younger people too when it, you know not not tcm film film festival goers who are very knowledgeable and level movies right. but just you know it's just, you know out at my local uh, Pete's Coffee that I go to every <laughs> sure. morning, I see, you know, I talk to younger people sometimes, and, and they don't see movies that aren't in color. I mean, they, they, they don't they don't know who Bob Hope is. Yeah. They don't know, you know, Groucho Marx. Who was he? He was like, wasn't he a funny guy in the movies? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's really pretty. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of astounding, you yeah. know, sometimes when you talk to younger people, because they just, they don't see, watch TCM as much, and, 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 where else can you see these movies? The the old rep houses that we used to go to, movie theaters that every big city would have, where you'd, they'd show film festivals and right. movies, they just don't sort of exist anymore. So, you know, I guess you can get DVDs or there's Netflix, but, you know, it's, it's just, kids don't, there's just so much more. Yeah. There's so much more variety and so many more platforms in which to get your entertainment that, you know, I mean, Bob Hope doesn't rate anymore. People, yeah. I mean, he was the biggest thing since sliced bread when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, he was Mr. <laughs> NBC. And now, I mean, no one knows who he is. And he's been dead, what, maybe 10, 15 years? Right. And he's forgotten. So, you know, that's just... Uh, it's way time passes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know... And I mean, in my in, in sort of microcosm, that might be what TCM will be kind of looking at too. Is that are they going to be airing, you know, movies with these stars that no one remembers if if their if their viewership is younger? I mean, right. why would they be doing that? There wouldn't be any view, viewership wouldn't be interested in them. I mean, yeah. some would. There's always niches that would, but I don't know. I I just don't know how they'll they'll do that but i'm sure they're thinking about it yeah i'm sure it'll all be you know driven by ratings and they'll and they'll crunch the numbers and say hey you know you know this is a really great robert mitchum film noir movie but um you know no one's gonna watch it yeah yeah exactly which i mean that's the kind of movie i'd want to see yeah me too i'm a little long in the tooth so, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was lucky. I don't know if we ever talked about this before, but, you know, even, um, you know, when I was a kid, I think you got, you know, at least, you know, 10, 15 years on, on, on Karen and I. But um, in Phoenix growing up here, there was a, 
a late night Saturday night, there was be a guy yeah. that you know basically was the Robert Osborne of of, of Phoenix. Yeah. And so, it was, right. you know, the local independent um, uh, television station showed these great classic films, and he would do the intro just like that. And, you know, that's where I got turned on to classic movies as a kid. Yeah. And, again, yeah. like you said, there's just, those avenues don't exist anymore. I mean, with YouTube no, exactly, and all those other things. That's exactly right. When I was growing up in the Twin Cities, we had Mel Jazz, Mel Jazz matinee movie, uh-huh. which was, you know, would, would play everything from the brain that wouldn't die right. to, you know... <laughs> Uh, you know, to a Fellini movie. I mean, it was crazy. His <laughs> programming was insane, but it was really interesting. And and then we'd have comedy and classics with this guy named Alan Losberg. He was a local sort of, you know, uh, kids show comedian, and he, he hosted this comedy and classics show at night. I, I think on the weekend, or maybe it was Friday night, sure. which was just fantastic. And then we had this thing called, you know, we had Creature Feature Night. Uh-huh. We had, you know, all kinds of these, you know, so I was I was seeing the original Frankenstein and Wolfman and, you know, Son of uh, Frankenstein. I, I was seeing all this stuff, you know, when I was, you know, pretty young. And, and that was sort of what, you know, the kind of movies that I was weaned on. So I never forgot those. Yeah. And But you're right, you're absolutely right. Those kind of opportunities, you know, broadcast opportunities just don't seem to be available anymore. Yeah. You know, where you, you know, we, we also had three or three channels of TV. Right. That's where you right. went. We exactly. Didn't have, like, you know, we didn't yeah. have, you know, we didn't have Hulu. We didn't have Netflix. We didn't have videos. We didn't have video cassettes. Even. We yeah. had what was on TV. So yeah, whatever the rabbit ears could pick up, right? That was the, exactly, uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good, Karen. I know you got something. Well, I was, I was curious, you know, you mentioned that um, we were talking about how we've lost so many great uh, performers just in the last year. Right. Of course, there was the just incredibly sad news about Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. Right. Of course, Carrie Fisher died first right after Christmas, and then her mother did, I believe, what, about a day and a half later? I think it was by actually um, a day. Yeah, it was a day. Yeah, no, just, no, it was a tremendous one-two punch, and then... Yeah. I obviously I think Fisher was the bigger star now because she was in the biggest movie franchise of all time and such and played such an iconic character. What, the, on the forums aside, were people talking about that a lot and and the loss of people like Mary Tyler Moore, who did have a movie career, in fact, great performance in Ordinary People, yeah, um, and got an Oscar nomination for that, no less, for good reason. What, what, what was I mean? Did, did the passing of some of these luminaries did you did you think it affected maybe the tone or the mood of the festival at all or right. or not? Right. It, you know, it really. I don't think it did. It mm-hmm. um, because the people there. I mean, I think they were all aware of it, but sure. you know, they were there to revel in in vintage old movies, and you know, a lot of them are there, you know, just to revel in sort of the nostalgia and to meet old friends. That's a, a great thing about TCM is that, you know, it's uh, the TCM Film Festival is that it's a, this once a year kind of meeting place where a lot of people, it's almost like a high school reunion for just a ton of people. They meet on the, at the opening night party and they, re, you know, reestablish old connections and friendships. And so it's kind of a nice, you know, fraternal affair that way. So everyone is sort of in a good mood. They're all really up. And when, you know, for instance, when Singing of the Rain, uh, that was one of the closing night uh, movies that I attended, and it was at the old uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater, which was, 
you know, apropos, since in Singing in the Rain, <laughs> Grauman's is pictured as the uh, the premier place for uh, Don Lockwood's Royal Rascal in the <laughs> silent movie days. So it was a great sort of, uh, you know, uh, kind of a full circle thing that was, you know, not lost on some of the fans. But they were, Todd Fisher came on, and that was, that's Debbie Reynolds' uh, son and Carrie's brother, and he was... He was, you know, wonderful. He gave kind of a nice, uh, you know, talk about the bond that Carrie and Debbie had. And he spoke mainly about Debbie because it was Singing of the Rain was being screened. And, um, uh, you know, and how, uh, you know, how much they, you know, they loved each other. And that he thought it was kind of, he wasn't, I wouldn't say he wasn't shocked that they died so so uh, one day apart, but that he said he said a kind of a nice thing at the end. He said there was nothing left unsaid between me and my brother and my sister because we were that kind of a family. We 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 right. we we just talked to each other about everything. We left nothing unsaid. Nothing was le- ever left on the table about how we felt. So I was able to tell them both how much I loved them. Uh, you know, constantly every day, and so that when they went, it was. You know, it was okay for him. He didn't. He didn't feel, you know, any kind of regret or guilt in not, uh, you know, not telling him how much, uh, you know, he loved him. So it was even he was very upbeat about all of it, and you know, and uh, and the fans were, you know, just loved it. I mean, the fans ate it up. They they loved the carry anecdotes that he told, and and uh, and so it was more of like a celebration kind of, and it it wasn't really. A sadness. It was. Uh, it was. It was actually kind of upbeat, and you know, and it was all underscored by the fact that you know we have these film filmed records. We have this entertainment, this art, as uh, as Todd Fisher called it, uh-huh. of Carrie and Debbie that will be here for you know millennia, right. and and for everyone to enjoy. So that's kind of a good thing too, and something to celebrate. Which I, I think um, you know everyone there felt that same way. Yeah, you do. You, well, that's great. You talk about, uh, um, you know, I guess I don't know the current title of Grauman's Chinese Theater. It's got some kind of corporate name on it too. I yeah, think. Yeah, ACL Grauman's Chinese. I think. Yes, yeah. ACL is the thing that precedes it all. And I think uh, that's the thing. because you also mentioned the Mel Brooks, um, um, mm-hmm. you know, that he was there, and there there was also that. Uh, scene in Blazing Saddles where where that's where they ride to see the end of the movie, right? Isn't that right? Right, right, right. Um, so you know, I, you know, you know, yeah. you know that 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 theater is iconic. So you know, having it there seems seems very apropos. Um, did it feel that yeah. way to you to be there? I mean, even beyond, um, you know, it reminds me of when you were mentioning the Royal Rascal. I remember, you know, that line from Gene Kelly where she says, tell us about what happened, Don. And he says, Eudora, not in front of all these people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. On the red carpet right out in front. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mel, Mel was there. Mel, that movie, too, Mel's High Anxiety was screened in uh, in Grauman's also. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, you know, his, his movie was, was screened there, too, to, to a capacity crowd. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, Mel is a force of nature, that guy. He's 90 <laughs> years old. 
And he didn't, he, I think he didn't even sit for the first 15 or 20 minutes in the chair that had been provided for him. John, uh, you know, uh, ben Mankiewicz was sitting there. He had his cue cards ready, his little index cards with questions. And, and he just threw them up in the air after about three minutes because Mel was going to do 20 minutes of material, whether anyone liked it or not, pacing the stage. You know, he was like, you know, but that's Mel if you've ever seen him. We interviewed him years and years ago, and I mean, the guy is just on. He's always on, which is extremely entertaining for anyone who's in the room with him. So, oh, I bet. And the audience was just eating it up. They just loved it. So, Yeah, I'm sure, you know, that's why Ann Bancroft always had a smile on her face. Must be. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah I think that's true. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, lately I've been seeing, uh, I think I saw it on TCM a couple times, was the original To Be or Not To Be with uh, Jack Benny. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, they did that movie together, Anne Bancroft and Mel Brooks, too, They when they remade it. I think it was in the 80s. Right, um, right. You know, just a different thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm going way off topic. Anyway, um, okay. you, you kind of mentioned a few things that kind of were, were, you know, made an impression on you, um, you know, in the uh, three stories that we ran on the festival, too. You know, you, you've kind of touched on some things. But is there anything be, beyond that? And if it was just one of the events we've already talked about, that's okay, too. But... Was there one thing that really kind of encapsulated or was really special to you? Was there one specific moment? I mean, you can take this wherever you want, but is it one moment, right. one event, uh, one thing that was said? Uh, you know, what kind of is really going to stick with you, you, you think, in about 20 years from this event? Well, I mean, I think the, the because I'm a, a lover of movie musicals, I, I, I love the whole Singing of the Rain thing and, yeah. and seeing that movie at in Grauman's. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was just great. That was so, because, you know, it's not the kind of movies that they're going to show there. I mean, right. you know, they, they show first-run movies there now, so it was really kind of a treat to see that. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, there, that's the, you know, Peter Bogdanovich doing his Jimmy Stewart and Howard Hawks impersonations <laughs> were hilarious. And, you know, giving anecdotes that you just wouldn't believe that were very cool. And, and even the pool parties that they have every night, they have uh, they, an outdoor screening down by the Hollywood Roosevelt Pool, which is right. sort of the, the hotel of record where a lot of the stuff happens. And, you know, they usually have sort of campy, funny movies out, you know, yeah. uh, out there by the pool. And they had uh, uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which was oh. just a perfect movie to, to have there. And, I think any other <laughs> any other year it would have been maybe sort of half attended, but with this um, uh, TV series feud right. with about uh, Joan Crawford and Bette Davis on TV and getting huge ratings. I mean, just uh, it was packed down there by the pool, and and there were a lot of fans. You know, they were just it was almost like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, things would be coming with the dead bird or the rat underneath the you know the you know the crockery that uh, that Bette Davis brings in. And, you know, and those reveals when you see it and, you know, Joan, uh, you know, Crawford recoiling at horror. I mean, everyone was just totally on to that. And, I mean, that was fun. And that's part of that sort of participatory good feeling that you have. You know, yeah. I mean, the, uh, you know, the, the fans, they're just, you know, they come for that and then they get that. And, you know, uh, and, and that's what I think makes, keeps them coming back. Sure. And uh, which is it's very nice. It's a very nice thing, and the the festival organizers really, you know, seem to go all out to try and make it just the best kind of a you know a thing that they can. Yeah. And, oh. You know, hopefully in the future they'll be able to continue to do that. You know. There was a picture in the in the press package of somebody dressed up like uh, Doctor Zayas, I think, from 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 Planet of the Apes. Was <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. 
What was 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 that a cosplayer, um, or was that? Well, you, you know, know I, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they they, they kept billing that it was it, that was one of those um, you know pool night parties, right? So and they did Planet of the Apes. I think it was the, they do usually do three uh, a festival, and that was I think the third one that they did the last night, uh-huh. and it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was the original Doctor Zan, right. but I think they must have gotten the you know costume from Central Casting, and then they had someone in there, and then Ben Mankiewicz interviewed uh, you oh. know Zayitz, and I mean it was all sort of a goof. And what right. they did was they didn't say you know all through the the festival they weren't saying who this person was that was going to be the special guest at the pool. It was oh, like, okay. oh, uh, Ben Mankiewicz will introduce a special guest. So everyone kind of knew it was probably some campy, you know, punchline right. that was coming up. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do. I mean, it's just they had Batman last year, and they got Adam West and Lee Merriweather to come out for that. Sure. And, uh, oh, wow. Party and, you know, the Batman, the movie, which was, you know, the, the, the series kind of was based on, or the series stemmed from the movie or vice versa. Like right, yeah, that's, uh, um, uh, you know, known um, maybe in, infamously for that uh, fake shark that climbed exactly. up the... Exactly, uh... <laughs> and they, they talked a lot about that. They, yeah, they about the rubber shark. They talked a lot about that. You know, it was just, you know, it was classic, so... Yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's a it's a good thing. It's and then they have that cruise every year too. TCM. I've never been on that. I've never gone on that. But you know that's another kind of aspect that they you know that they have. So well, yeah, it sounds like a great time, Tom. Uh, Karen, do you have another yeah. question here that you were going to follow well, up with? I had one quick thought on TCM. Sure. It's why I love the channel because at night, because they have their foreign film selections some nights of the week, and you said campy films. They have their underground cinema, which can play some of the most ridiculous, schlocky, but guilty pleasures like The Apple. The yeah. Golan Globus film from 1980, which I just, Golan you know, that's Theater one long post-70s disco acid trip or a cocaine binge. I don't know which, but it's hilarious to watch. So that's the thing with TCM that I do think, despite some of the, you know, maybe not necessarily attracting all the younger voters they could. One thing I think the network does very well is they have that extraordinarily loyal niche group. Yeah, yeah, that's true with the silent film stuff. I mean, you know, there, you know, you look through the programming schedule, and there's, you know, there usually there is something for everyone potentially. Right. You know, you give it the shot that it deserves. So yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Tom, for sure, you're looking forward yeah. to it next year, right? Or you know, you're already looking forward to next year. And, uh, you know, I mean, um, you know, we'll see what they come up with. And, um, you know, they, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be uh, as well attended as, it's, as it has been the last three years that I've gone. I, I can't see why, you know, it wouldn't. Right. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what they come up They always come up with some, you know, interesting programming and, and sort of, you know, good supporting, uh, you know, guests or talking heads. I. Uh, you're right about Ben Mankiewicz, I think, being heir apparent now to yeah. Robert Osborne now that he's passed. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, but Ileana Douglas is always there. She's wonderful. And, uh, you know, Leonard Malton was, uh, you know, talked to Lee Grant when I, you know, the night that I attended that. And he's he's great. Le- Leonard's wonderful. And, and uh, so they have a good, uh, you know, they have some good people, uh, you know, kind of... It, you know, working and, and uh, you know, stepping into that Robert Osborne void, which right. was, it's big shoes to fill. I mean, that's one thing that you, when you talk to, you know, the, um, 
attendees that go to these, this film festival, they really, really loved Robert Osborne. He was really just universally loved. So, yes. uh, you know, but hey, time marches on. Right. And, uh, you know, yes, you it gotta, does. What you hey, gotta do. So. I, think, I, I think if we have a, vo- a vote here at Modern Times Magazine, we say it should be Tom Johnson and, you know, <laughs> David Fantel. Let's get them on TCF. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Well, good luck with that, good luck with that grassroots effort there. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to quit my day job, but thanks so much for the vote of confidence. If anybody's uh, listening, these guys know their stuff. At least have them as guests. Oh, well, oh, I love we love old movies, and uh, you know, and I, I love a lot of new movies too. It's not to say that I'm, you know, I'm. I'm baby Jane living in the past right (laughs) so you know but uh but yeah there's just something about the old vintage movies from the studio system that uh that I know Dave and I both love so you know that, yeah, you know, I think you just uh, you know patented a new uh, bumper sticker. Don't worry, I'm not Baby Jane. I think that's it. I think. I think be... <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh, Tom, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing everything that you um, uh, saw My over pleasure. at TCM. No, it was fun talking to you guys. You guys are great. So and keep you up too. good work with uh, Modern Times. It's a great site. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Come join us next week, everybody, and we'll have our next podcast. Have a great day. See you in the movies.